I'm Gwen, and I'm going to be doing a reading from Luke 11 on prayer. So it is. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John told his disciples. He said to say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine in a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a, a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how much more your Father in heaven will give the Holy, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Amen. Thank you, Gwen. And another reading is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. May God's name be blessed through the public reading of his word. Amen. Amen. It's a great privilege uh, for me to introduce you, um, Pastor Eric Aidu, who is minister of City Road Baptist Church, and he's come with his wife, Adobia. Thank you so much for responding to our call, Eric, and for sharing God's word with us. As you come, I would like to pray for you. Thank you. Father God, thank you for your words, and thank you for your servant. Would you reveal to us your heart, and would you cause us not only to listen, but to be responsive to what you have revealed to us today? Thank you, Lord, for your word that is alive today. Would you bless your servant as he shares it with us? Would you bless his ministry wherever he is um, at City Road and whatever he's doing in the daily um, encounters with you and other people? Would you bless him and his wife and the family, Lord, as they continue to be a beacon of light in Stockscroft? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> thank you so very much for uh, the invitation. Uh, and uh, we're so grateful anytime you, uh, you've been at City Road, you've been such a blessing to us as well. The congregation send their love. And uh, their greetings to you and to all of you here at uh, Ken's Road. Um, it's such a pleasure to be here with you. And um, it's, it's always been great, like I said, when, whenever you've come down to us, the, 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 the humor, the, you know, the, the style that you bring in, you know, the anointing, the presence of God and all that. 
has been such a, a blessing to us. So it's good to uh, be here. And thank you for inviting and for having us, um, Marky and uh, the entire leadership here at uh, Ken's Road Baptist Church. I came with uh, my dear wife, to whom I've been happily married for coming close to 30 years. So, Akua Adobia Edu is here with us, and uh, thank you so very much for all the assistance you give in, um, in support of us, the family, and uh, the church as well. Great, I um, have 20 minutes, so I'll try to be within time, not to preach the everlasting sermon. Is it all right if at some point I, I, I feel like putting this off because the distance? Okay, all right, thank you. Great, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let's uh, come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this glorious hour. King of the universe, giver of life and sustainer of the same. To you we ascribe greatness this morning. The great I am, the ancient of days. We honor you, the covenant-keeping God, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. To you we ascribe greatness today and declare there is no God like Jehovah. There is no rock like the rock of our salvation. We honor you, exalt you, and we bring to you, Lord, our worship. Everything within us gives you praise today. For you alone are worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain, that he may receive riches, glory, honor, power, dominion, majesty, be glorified among us and anoint these lips of clay that you may bring to us your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Glory, glory, glory to God. So when um, Marky asked me to come over, just waiting on God and thinking, what would I talk about? The Lord just sent me on to this, um, thank you very much, thanks, to this passage of scripture and prayer, about prayer. And um, I think for us as God's people, that becomes one of the key things that, that we, we focus on, on this uh, journey to which we have been called. In fact, if I just came in here, I've been here before though, but let's say I just came in here the very first time and didn't have a clue where, where anything at all was. I didn't know where the washroom was or well, yeah, the toilets or the facilities were. I didn't know where to get some water if I wanted. I just didn't really know how to navigate in this, in this place. I think it would just be helpful if I got connected 
with Maki or somebody in the leadership or somebody in the church to take me around and to show me how to make the most of the experience that I, I, I would desire as, as I entered in here. I think much the same way you and I have entered into a world. And this world has a creator. And this creator had a design and a plan. And he had certain things in place that if you and I would be able to really enjoy this experience on this side of eternity before we cross the veil, then I think communication with this personality would be very key for you and I. So that if I came in and decided to ignore everybody and just to make my way through, I may grope through and, you know, get through a little bit, find certain things my own way, but it would have been much easier I would have known certain things that probably are hidden. Not everything, you know, maybe... Not everything is just, could just be seen on the surface. You might have something else somewhere, the offices in certain places, certain treasures in certain places in this building I could not access. But if I decided to talk to those who were here, it would have helped me to make the most of the experience. So in communication, which simply is prayer, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, the Bible says he will come in the cool of the day in Genesis and begin to communicate with them. There was no sin at the time, so this was a face-to-face -face encounter. And uh, I believe then God was beginning then to let them, that's when he blessed them and said they should have dominion and rule over the created order and all the things that followed after. So they've been placed in this garden, but their communication with their creator made them have the most of it until man decided to listen to another voice. So prayer simply is our conversation or communication with God. And in the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, where we, we read, uh, which was read to us by Maki, it reminds us that we should trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not to lean on our own understanding, but that in all our ways we should acknowledge him and he will direct our paths or make our paths straight, as some translations put it. Trusting in him with all our heart. We can easily figure out certain things for ourselves in life so that when we are not careful, even as Christians, our, our dependency. Anyway, someone defined prayer also. I think it was E.M. Bounds who said it was the soul's utter dependence on God. Now, if we are not careful, we can begin to learn the way things are that, and, and the way things have already been structured. Even some of the inherited wisdom that you and I are gleaning as we're walking through this journey, reading the books of other men and women of God, other saints that have gone before us, 
and we can come to the place where we may not begin to seek God for ourselves and hear from him specifically what it is that he wants you to do as an individual to be able to enjoy the experience and make the most of the life to which he has called you and I. Now, the reading from the gospel according to Luke also brings this to our attention that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. I believe these were the disciples who had walked with Jesus. They had seen him heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. And the writer of Luke again in the book of Acts tells us in Acts 10, 38, Jesus of Nazareth, a man anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. At one time they are in this boat and they're going someplace and these boisterous winds begin to come up on the journey they're making. And these were professional fishermen. They were used to the waves coming up in its fury. But this was a different one because they were terrified. And Jesus was asleep somewhere down there in the boat. And they were worried and concerned and went to him, don't you care that we perish? And he said, oh, you have little faith. And he just rebukes the wind. And the sea gets calm, the winds are all still. Then they say, what kind of man is this? What manner of man is this? That he even speaks and the winds obey him? I'm going through all this because he was extraordinary. God in the flesh. Feeding 5,000 people with a large packed lunch, five loaves and those two fishes. Doing such extraordinary things. Calling forth Lazarus from the grave. He gets there, he's been dead four days and stinking in the grave. And his sister said, if he were here, he wouldn't have died in the first place. But whatever you say, we'll do. Then say, just take me to where you laid him. They quickly sent him there. And the Bible says he calls out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the one who was dead four days comes out. hears the voice of the creator, the giver of life and sustainer of the same, the resurrection and the power, and he comes out of the grave. So they were seeing all these wonderful, amazing, extraordinary things. But I believe they saw that what they saw had a source. 
And so instead of this saying, Lord, teach us to do ministry, because you can learn it. <laughs> the danger of it is ministry can be learned. Even the Christian life, we can go through it, the motions of it. But they didn't say that. This disciple smartly said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because he realized that all that Jesus was able to do was a result of his communication with God. His connection with the power source of the universe. Are we connected? One time I was in the kitchen and trying to set this, uh, get the kettle working so that I could get myself some uh, lemon and ginger tea. I plugged the thing and I just went to sit in there, thought it was working and uh, sitting in, in the living room waiting just a, a little while and then went back to the kitchen and found that nothing was happening. Not knowing, even though I, I pressed it in, I didn't really push it to ensure that it had, the plug had actually gone in. So it wasn't connected. It was a loose connection. But as soon as I did that, power began to flow and then the kettle started boiling and working. Sometimes our connection can be loose because he doesn't go anywhere. He stays wherever he is. But we need to be well connected. So having seen that many times there are certain portions of scripture where it says a great while before day Jesus will rise up and go to a solitary place to pray. And sometimes even in the middle of a very successful campaign or crusade with multitudes teaching them, healing the sick and doing all those kinds of things, he walks away gradually somewhere else in a solitary place to pray. Why was prayer so important? To him. And this, 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 this disciple caught a hold of that. That all the outplay of what he was seeing in the life of his master that he admired so much was a result of a prayer life, a communication with the Father, a connection with the Father. Jesus was teaching you and I that as long as you are in this earth suit, as long as you are in this flesh and blood, Certain, or this tabernacle, that we need the divine source and the source of power, the source of wisdom, the divine protection, and all the other things that go with it. If he was still up in his glory, he wouldn't have needed it. But as soon as he took upon himself flesh, he left us an example that we should follow in these steps. If Jesus need to be, needed to be so prayerful in order to get through his activities in the way that he did and finish it as he did on the cross, he began with prayer and ended with prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then into thy hands I commend my spirit. He began with prayer and finished with prayer. He's teaching you and I that if we will be able to make the most of this experience, then prayer is key. It is key. Prayer opens for us the portal to the unseen world. Jesus was also teaching them that 
This is not all that there is. What our five senses can, can access, the sense of smell, of sight, of hearing, of touch, of sight, that's not all there is. That is only for this physical realm. But there is another realm which is also as real, if not even more real than this one that you and I behold with our eyes, that which we access by faith. He was teaching them that this is not all there is. That's why Paul in Philippians 3.20, our conversation is in heaven from whence we look for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the place where we are preparing for that glorious place. But we don't have to wait till we get there. Right here, he was opening the door, that portal to the unseen realm, to the spiritual dimension, because God is spirit. I think I remember John tell us that in, in John 4, 24. God is spirit. He was opening the door for you and I to access this God who is spirit, that is invisible, the immortal, the only wise God. He opens that door, and this is what he says to them. When you pray, Father, this is how you should go by it. He says, Father, a relationship, a warm relationship with this great God. He's teaching them, call on him. He is your father, and he is my father. There is nothing in all of human life so needed to be talked about and daily made use of than the heartfelt, zealous, and devout prayer. The need for this is so great, for without it, nothing may be rightly received from God's hands. As the Apostle James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. And James also reminds us that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available and is dynamic in its working. God is said to be rich and liberal to all who call upon him. If we want an equal opportunity provider, not that in companies and businesses, and but the real one, the real one, because there, even there you may find some bit of discrimination and partiality. But if you run the real equal opportunity provider, then it is this God we are talking about. He's said to be rich and liberal to all who call upon him. For with him there's no respect of persons. Now, this is not because he will not or cannot give without our requesting. It is because he has simply appointed prayer as the normal means between him and us. We must learn to call on him. I know sometimes it may get boring doing it, going through that routine. The prayer meetings are the most difficult things to get people to attend. I've been a pastor for years in City Road for about nine years, but more than that in other parts, been in this, on this journey for quite a bit. And that's one of the challenging things because it's not always comfortable. They always are not in the mood for it. But Jesus didn't talk to them about mood here. He simply said, just pray and pray like this. Now, 
Martin Luther said this, don't sit all alone on the couch, shaking your head and letting your thoughts torture you. Don't worry about how to get out of your situation or brood about your terrible life, how miserable you feel, and what a bad person you are. Instead, say, get a grip on yourself. Fall on your knees. Raise your hands and your eyes towards heaven. Read a psalm. Say the Lord's Prayer and tearfully tell God what you need. Because sometimes it's just difficult. So he's just saying, instead of we touching ourselves, you can just pick the book of Psalms. It's a book of prayer. And begin to read some psalms out. And just begin to talk to God about your situation. We don't need any particular grammar to do that. But just the pouring of the soul to our creator. So he says, Father, hallowed be your name. May your name be reverenced. May your name be hallowed. Recognized your holiness, your righteousness be recognized and acknowledged among men. Because he's, a, he's in a class all by himself, but he chose to just come to his creation and even get us to partake with him in the running of his divine economy. Then he said, your kingdom come. His kingdom comes in us. When Jesus comes into our life, his kingdom comes in us. But then his kingdom also comes prayer in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our city, in our nation. His kingdom comes. The kingdom is the domain of the king where his wishes are expressed. So we are praying that God's value system comes into the world and into that sphere that you and I are engaged in. Your kingdom come. Then Lord, give us our sustenance, our daily sustenance. He didn't say just for some, you know, today and then we leave it and then we pray another two days. But this is a daily thing. That in itself reminds us that prayer must be a daily thing. One of the things Martin Luther said as well is that he will read the Ten Commandments. He said the only reason was so that he will remind himself of the need to seek God's forgiveness. Because having gone through all the ten, even if he went through successfully and ticked nine, he would have missed one. So that still will remind him of the need of God's forgiveness. The forgiveness of the sins of omission, the things we should have done we didn't do, and the sense of commission, that which we shouldn't have done, which we did. Then also, for us also to be forgiving others who trespass against us. Sometimes it's not easy for us, but this is it. As we do that, we also are forgiven. So it's something we must let go of. Even if it's difficult, we should tell God, God, help me. This is really hard. I've been really hurt or bruised 
but help me to let go because unforgiveness blocks the spiritual clock. It doesn't allow the flow of current from you and God. And sometimes it may even make us ill. So when it's difficult, we can ask God to help us to let go, to release. Let go and let God. Even when we think we need some vindication, he says, look, vengeance is mine, I'll repay, says the Lord. So you back off and let him do it. And lead us not into temptation. We all are sometimes drawn by our lust into doing things that we wouldn't even have done. We wouldn't have done, you know, as, as uh, someone says, Christians sometimes behaving badly. It doesn't mean we are not God's children. But as the songwriter says, Lord, forgive our foolish ways and reclothe us in our rightful minds or in purer lives. Thy service finds in deeper reverence and in praise. Then Jesus shows us something here about prayer. That those who will make prayer something that they approach with faith. Because he gives this parable of somebody whose friend, you know, is, 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 is around and needs some help. He has got a visitor. He needs something to feed the visitor with. He hasn't got it. He goes to a friend for some loaves and the friend would not attend to him. He rather says to him, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are all tagged in for, for, for the night. You know, there's no way I'm going to get up to do this. But because of his audacious approach, some translation says it's boldness. So with prayer, there has to be some boldness and tenacity. You are approaching God. But how badly do you want it? It's not as if God will not give it to us. But how badly do we want it? And our persistence itself, it's an indication of faith. Keep on action. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. The door will be open. It's not for those. Prayer is not just for those who tried it once and twice and saw nothing and then they packed up and went. You would not be that prayer person who will see results in your Christian life. Those who have turned the tide and brought the move of God in their times and in their generation have been people that sought God. They were praying and seeing nothing, like Elijah telling his servant when he took in Ahab, it's going to rain. And tells the king to just get into his chariot and go. And the Bible says the Spirit of God comes upon him and he on his two legs overtakes the chariot. But then he goes and then he's waiting, praying. Tells the servant, go out and go and look there. He's watching and praying. He goes and says, I see nothing. On the sixth time, he still sees nothing. Then on, on the seventh time, he says, I see a, a, a hand just like a little fist, like a cloud. He says, that's all I need. He persisted. And the Bible says at that time, Elijah put his head between his knees, traveling in prayer. Oh, Every bit of his faculty was focused in concentration. He knew that this God was real, he was alive, and he would give him the request that he was seeking. 
He needed to hang on in there and not give up. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you may be just on the verge of receiving something from God. You're just looking at the circumstances and you're about to give up. But I say to you prophetically, the door is just about to be open to you if you will not just throw in the towel and say, hey, I've always done this and I have seen nothing yet. Hang on in there with your persistence. It's an indication of your faith in God. You will soon see the manifestation of that which you are desiring. When you, again he says to them, anyone who will request will receive. The one who seeks will find. The one who knocks the door will be opened. Then the Lord is saying to them, now listen, you fathers, I know people have issues with fathers because they are earthly. When you say our father and trying to link with God, because of their experiences with their earthly fathers, they just cannot connect. And it's sometimes when you're not careful, it even brings a wedge between them and the heavenly father because of their earthly experience. But God is saying, which of you fathers? He's, he's comparing and saying that, listen, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, And if your son will request a fish, you're not going to give him a snake instead. If he was requesting an egg, you're not going to give a scorpion. You being evil, even the best of us, the best, the best dad in the whole wide world, whoever that may be, God still says evil in terms of, you know, he's, like, he's perfect is what he's trying to say. doesn't mean evil as in evil, but in comparison, we fall far short of that glorious standard. But if we know how to give good things, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who request it and stay on persistently and not give up until they have seen that for which they have been travailing? Prayer then links us to this Father of Spirits. And I've seen it in my own personal life years ago in 1976 when I was just about 13 years of age. I think about 11 years I gave my life to Christ. My dad passed away just about that time. And in 76, I just watched this same scripture. How many of you would do this when your, you know, your son will request a snake you would give? Oh, sorry. A request from you, a fish, would you give him a snake and things like that? The same scripture here in, in Luke 11. How much more will the Lord give the Holy Spirit to those who request it? And I was just on my knees, alone in a room. And when I was praying, I said to God, grant me the Holy Spirit. And there the presence of God came upon me. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the rest is history. I have seen God. And again, the scripture that says, the father to the fatherless, Psalm 68, verse 5. I kept the scripture, and all those years, I said, in the absence of my earthly father, you are my spiritual father, the father of all spirits. And I began to communicate with him in ways that have tremendously changed my life and, 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 and ministry. And many of the things that I have been able to see and accomplish, and... I know couldn't have been. There are certain things that God has reserved that we cannot 
lay hold on of, except he grants it to us through prayer. Now, many things are happening in our world and many things can get our attention. And if we're not careful, we'll say to ourselves, I just don't have the time to pray. But how we spend our time is very, very important. For those who go to school and those who work, whichever way it is, hours are determined for us already. The way we employ the surplus hours after provision has been made for work, meals, and sleep will determine if we will develop into either mediocre Christianity or powerful Christians that God can use to turn his world in the right direction. Because the way we use our leisure, leisure is a glorious opportunity, but it's also a subtle danger. It moment of our lives is a gift from God, and the way we use it is so key. We must give time and make time to prayer. There's enough time to do what God has called us to do. If we will only manage our time properly, as Moses said, teach me to number my days so that I will apply my ears to wisdom. For by any measure our time is short and the work is great, and we cannot do it only with our own ingenuity and smartness and our intellect. We will need the extraordinary grace of God to come alongside us, angelic assistance, to be able to push down the barriers and frontiers of darkness in order to establish the purposes of God. Here in this very city where we, we are, one of the things I've been privileged to do is to be the chair of churches together in Greater Bristol. And the church is accomplishing so much with food banks in this very challenging situations and all kinds of help, the fostering and that, that we, we, we see being done, the social investment fund to be able to give to people that want to do things that will be a blessing to the city and all that. Most of this is rooted in prayer. We have a 24-7 prayer network. We have a WhatsApp prayer network. And so it's not just people's capacity and ability. There is a supernatural accompaniment that is pushing things forward in the direction that they are going. I also have this Kingdom Builders Network where I gather on Monday evenings young people, not only young people, but we have somebody in the 70s anyway, but in the 70s, where this principle that Paul said, the things that you have seen me teach and do before many weaknesses also commit unto faithful people that will be able to teach others. So I've been teaching over the past few years um, my own son, Eric Jr., who by the grace of God has now been um, chosen to be the, well, after going through a shortlisted interview, is now going to be the youngest of our children. He's going to be the um, chaplain to St. Mary Reckliff and Temple School. Now, we teach them just to pray, like John Wesley said. I would rather teach one man to pray than ten people to preach. 
Because when people have gotten a hold of how to walk with God in prayer, the other things begin to open up to them in their lives. We go through the Word of God as well because that helps. Jesus used both prayer and the Word to be able to fulfill His purpose. So today I just will bring my Word to a close at this point, uh, conscious of the fact that we have some other things doing. And um, Paul, the greatest missionary, par excellence, said in his letter to the church in Corinth, Colossians chapter 4, devote yourselves to prayer and watch thereunto. Devote yourselves to prayer and watch thereunto. So I want to encourage us that there's more that God wants to give to us, but we can only key into that through prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. We pray the Lord, the spirit of prayer will be so released upon us as your people that we'll be able to lay hold on those things you have reserved for us. For eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and is not yet entered into the heart of man what you have prepared for those who love you. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.